Welcome to Conscious Conversations, a podcast where we dive deep to uncover our true potential and meaning to live a life of abundance, passion and purpose. Hi, I'm your host Vikas Aurora. And in today's episode, we're joined by my dear friend and special guest, Colin Jackson, uh, where we'll be diving deep into what makes an Olympian mindset. But before we proceed, um, I'd just like to apologize in advance of the sound quality initially, but it does improve as we go on. So here we go. Today, we're going to dive deep into what makes an Olympian mindset tick. And who better than my dear friend and guest, Colin Jackson. Welcome, Colin. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's, it's, it's really going to be odd having you talk to me. Like you know, this. It, it, it's <laughs> weird. It is weird because we were just having we were just having a conversation earlier. But for those of you that are listening that that don't know Colin, um, you may know him in different guises. First of all, many of you will know him by his nimble footwork on BBC's Dancing on Ice. Uh, I know that that has created a lot of pain for him. <laughs> yeah. The wrist alerts, yeah. <laughs> but, but for some of us oldies, he's known, also known as one of the greatest and one of the most legendary British Olympians, uh, Olympic athletes uh, that, uh, that, the, that the industry, that the sporting industry has seen. Colin Jackson has won multiple gold medals and has held many world records. I think one of them you held 27 years. Correct, yeah, 27. And, uh, for, for I set it when I was one, though. I did set it when I was one. There Obviously, you go. I, I there couldn't you possibly go. agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, he, you know, when they were looking at Colin, if I say that he retired in 2003, you think, why? Because you know, he doesn't look like an eight, a year over 25. <laughs> but at that time, he became a broadcaster for the BBC. He's covered the Athens Olympics and has started his early career in broadcasting. But Colin and I came together as friends uh, many years ago when Colin started actually becoming more of an activist and raising money, working closely with Sport Relief, but also a dear, passionate charity of his own, which is GoDad Run, raising the awareness of men's mental health and prostate cancer. Um, And I know that as a philanthropist and as uh, a charitable person that you and your family will continue to do many. But today we're here to talk about what makes an Olympian mindset? And I've got a few questions for you, Colin, but before okay. we dive deep into that, I'd love to know, what are you doing right now? Because, you know, we've just come out of the pandemic, two and a half years or whatever out of the pandemic, but you have not stopped because you have cooked many dishes, concocted many cocktails, baked many cakes, and done loads and loads of walks and <laughs> taken people out of their homes to get them fit and well you know i i think the first one you've got to remember i always feel that people have always contributed to my general well-being and once you really truly acknowledge that then you think well how can i return that favor and if it's just some basic things like cooking um or just getting people motivated enough to get out and go for a long walk to enjoy their environment those type of things for me are really really important you know our bodies weren't designed to do what we're doing now you know just to sit down and relax and chat you know our bodies are designed actually to move to exercise so you know Keeping activity is really important, but I always say to people, remember, choose your activity and choose it well, you know, and, and, and enjoy it because if it becomes a chore, then it's going to be really difficult for you to, to maintain it. 
So whatever you choose to do, make sure your activity is one that you thoroughly enjoy. If it can be sociable, make it a sociable um, occasion as well. I mean, during lockdown, I did lots of, of, of training with my friends on Zoom. Uh, so, you know, we get together and I, I concoct some kind of circuit training and we do 45 minutes of circuit training and then we chat for half hour. So, you know, we, we, we you got that real social bond that was going on there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, love I love it. Absolutely. And so that was the magic for us. Yeah, for me, I'm still dying to try the rum cake that you made countless times. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that one day, definitely. Uh, but Colin, in the, in the years that I've known you, you've, you've always tried to excel at everything you do. I've never seen you give less than 100, 200, 300%. And I even remember during one of the setups for GoDad Run, you were on your hands and knees, adjusting the table, emptying the boxes. You know, uh, you, you always go all in, be it as an athlete, be it as a philanthropist, or be it on the ice. And yeah. um, I know sort of uh, physically, there's no question, uh, no way, no, no question to doubting your ability physically. But if we were to dive deep into the mind of an Olympian, would it be fair to say that it's not just the body that needs to be at its peak, but equally the mind? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you, your mind is the key dictator of it all, but your body is the tool um, that will project those images from your mind. So you, they always got to work in real harmony in, in, in this sense. You know, they've got to work together. One cannot function without the other. And so it's really important that people get that into themselves as they prepare for everything. So, you know, I will say to people, you, you can't prepare to get on the track unless you've actually got out of bed. And if your mind is telling you not to get out of bed, then it's really difficult to get the preparation done, right? It's So it's that, that's the balancing act you're always playing. So it's really is vital that you keep your mind as healthy as you possibly can. And I always use, and, and you know, I know we'll get onto, but I will say to people, it's that having a dream, a real aspiration, even as an adult. You know, when you ask, you ask adults themselves, like, you know, what's your dream? No, no, don't tell me your dream for your kids. I, I didn't ask you what you dream for your kids. Their well-being, yes, their health, yes, their happiness. I, I know that, I take that. But what's your dream? And sometimes, I would not say sometimes, I say many times, they have not got a clue. They've just lost their dream. And so they're functioning is the word I use it. They're not actually doing things for a goal. There's no objective there. There's no real amount of ability to just daydream and let yourself go. I remind people, you only get older. You don't have to grow up, yeah. <laughs> you know, as a child, you don't have those real great, you know, when you're, if you look at a kid, a, a, a young kid, for example, you know, you introduce them to anything around and they're like, their eyes are wide open as all the information is going in. Well, you can be like that as an adult still. You don't have to be so tunnel visioned. You know, you can appreciate what's happening around you. Focus on what's happening around you. Enjoy it. So have those real goals and aspirations still. I love that. I love that. And then, so in terms of, think about that, when, when did you find in your career as an athlete where you awaken to the fact that I need to exercise both my mind as well as exercise my body. I think I was really lucky early because I had some great role models around me who gave me that real, you know, poke in the ribs. Um, and they taught me that, A, you won't get good just by osmosis. You've got to think about what you're doing and work at what you're doing. 
And that's the first thing they taught me, which I took that on board. And then I realized that, you know, if I'm putting my time into something, I might as well put my effort into it as well. So again, it's putting your mind in, because you know, if you work for a minute, it's a minute. How you work in that minute is what the reward is going to be ultimately. So the timing is exactly the same. There's no difference in the timing. It's your effort. So, of course, you've got to get your mind around that as well. And so I learned very early from great mentors um, the importance of of the mental side of it, making sure you prepare. Think about what you're doing. Don't just drift. Yeah, no, I I love that. I think the aspect of having a mentor, having a coach, um, pretty much people think about it. It's you know you, you've got to be in, you know in a sports athlete or a tennis player or a football to have a coach. But more so now we're seeing that it's you know the, the mind in terms of giving you that guidance. You need to pull on someone to keep you abreast of what's happening around you to to kind of give you that awareness. So you spoke about dreams, spoke about goals to actually awaken you to shift out of your day to day and think about you know. There's more to life. You know, you, you're, you're growing old, but it doesn't mean you're getting old. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't, you really don't. It's just, it is age is just a number. You can still keep that youthfulness, exuberance, excitement. You know, I, I mean, literally, I mean, you know me, every day I'm excited, yeah. right? Every day I, I, I do something that makes me excited. I also appreciate the fact that you do have those days when you have those lulls mm-hmm. and that's part of life. So you've got to accept that, you know what, today I don't really feel the best. So do you know what? Let me just take a complete chill pill. I'll just relax and just, you know, <laughs> yeah, give my body and my mind a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Give everything that time. And make sure you do do that. Because if you do it, the chances are that you get refreshed, revitalized, and you're ready to kickstart again. But it's also getting, I mean, I think we're lucky that we can literally talk about anything. So that's nice. That's a luxury because yeah. most people don't have people they feel comfortable to talk about anything and everything that, you know, that is happening in their life. If people share your life in, in a way, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, um, then share, then share. <laughs> I think that's one thing that I think what the last few years has taught a lot of us, especially those that are natural introverts is that, you know, actually the fact that I have no connection with anyone outside of my home or, you know, uh, I need it more. And I, I, I know a lot of people who were natural introverts who have now decided to step out and become, you know, extroverted introverts, so to speak, that need that social connection, that environment. But then when they're there, they're quiet, they're back into introvert, but they're comfortable because they're with people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really important as well. I mean, I I most probably would fit into that category because once you you feel very comfortable with yourself, uh, then you're happy to be on your own. Yeah. You know, you can do whatever you need to do in your own time, in your own space. But also you can be comfortable in the environment of, of other people and you don't have to be, you know, the life and soul of a party. Because you can look around and you can say, do you know what? I'm having a day off of being life and soul. Let Paul or Philip or Juliet, whoever it be, let them take the driving seat and yeah. let them entertain. And there's nothing wrong with that either. No, true, true. I think, you know, um, you know, as quickly as we've all now, like the world is adjusting to what I call the new norm, which was the old norm. 
Yeah. And, um, and, and the fact that, you know, we, we, we're comparatively adjusting now at a much slower pace mm. than what we had to, what we were forced to back in 2018, 2019. Now, it's forced to the point that we just discussed, that it forced a lot of people to reassess, re- reevaluate, you know, can they find themselves becoming comfortable being on their own or homeschooling or stuck at home with their partner that they only spend three hours a day with? Um, for you, what abilities have you had to hone in on and really fine-tune to adjust to both transitioning uh, into and out of the... Uh, the yeah, the zone. Yeah, the zone. Yeah, the zone. Yeah, the zone. In a sense, do you know one of the things I, I taught myself, and I don't want to get heavy in this at all in that sense, but it's to learn to breathe properly first of all, because nice deep shallow, um, deep breaths, not shallow breaths, are really important in getting the whole body to calm down. And once you're in this genuine sense of calm, you can think properly. And once you can, th- once you have clarity, um, you make clear decisions. Um, you tend to be much happier, more comfortable and confident in what's happening around you. And it really is difficult because for the first three or four minutes of just nothingness, apart from breathing, you then find yourself going, oh, well, I've got to cook dinner at this time. I've got to make that rum cake for the gas. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And, you know, you're actually going down a road that you're not supposed to do. But what happens, people generally, when they go down that road and they start thinking like that, they give up on themselves. And it's it's that breakthrough moment where you don't. You start to let all those, you know, go get those thoughts out of your brain. And it's then, once they've actually gone out and don't answer them is the most important thing. You're just concentrating your breathing. Then you get to that real sense of fulfillment. And that's when you start to get that sense of clarity. And that would be something you'd bring for me. Certainly I bring from the athletics track uh, where the world was focused on your performance and you had to keep nice and calm. Yeah. You know, so how do you do that? You know, you don't worry. You don't worry about hitting the first hurdle. You don't worry about who's left or who's right of you. You don't worry who's run faster than you in the first or second rounds. We're here in the final. This is where it is. And this is what I was prepared for. So I'm going to breathe. I'm going to calm myself because I know I'm the best. <laughs> and you're that, that it, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you kind of ended with, with, with that because it, it, takes me back to a story conversation we once had um, where you share the story of marginal gains. And I love the way you share that, you know, and, and how every moment in the journey matters. And it's not always the destination or the end result that is key, but it's actually the journey itself and every aspect of that journey. Could you share that story, story with us today? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things, when you ask any young athlete, right, and I mentor lots of young athletes, as you know, and they always say to me, oh, what did you do training um, the year before you broke the world record? And you're like, um, listen, I did 15 years of work, of real hard work before I was able to do the year pre-breaking a world record. So let's look about our destination. How are we going to get there? And it's that true understanding that at a 19-year-old, you have dreams and aspirations of being the best in the world, but reality kicks in because you're not. You're 19. And there's people who are 25 and 26 who've been doing your job that you want to do for years. So they're highly skilled. 
They're faster than you. They're stronger than you. But the important thing as a 19-year-old is to set your goals that are correct and right for that particular moment. So look at yourself. What can you do? You want to set personal best. You want to get a little bit stronger. You do these things in really small increments to get there. And once you understand those tiny increments, it makes a huge difference. In my world in, in, in hurdles, for example, and I know this is what you, you, you alluded to, is that one hundredth of a second over a hurdle, you can't see. You yeah. can't see. I couldn't see a hundredth, right? But if I get one hundredth faster over a hurdle, that is one tenth of a second by the end of the race. That means I'm one meter faster than I was, which is the difference between first and seventh in most competitions. And those are those tiny marginal gains that, that you try to work on. And adding to that, you know, our percentage of, of improvement is tiny, tiny, tiny. Yes. I, it's impossible for any athlete to improve by 10%. Impossible, right? <laughs> if you improve by 1%, people be going, that is unbelievable. We're talking about spending five, six hours a day trying to get 0.05%. You know, um, those are the, what make the difference because 0.05% technically for me gives me that 100th over every hurdle, which will ultimately give me that one meter of track. So that is what our tiny marginal gains are all about. And, and I just want people to comprehend that. That's five to six hours training a day. <laughs> but how long? But how long is the race? <laughs> 13 seconds. <laughs> but that is to get that 0.5 Every hurdle, every hurdle. I think zero five, zero, zero five, even the yeah, smaller. Sorry, so yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, that's really important because even in life, if we take that in life, it's we tend to underestimate the small changes, the minuscule changes that we can make that can make a difference because we don't think they will. But if we surmise them and if we actually add them up, they actually can make a profound impact on our end result. Yeah, hugely. I mean, I always tell people, if you think about it in just say eating a meal, all right? So I'm going to tell you to eat a starter. I'm going to tell you to have a main and I'm going to tell you to have a dessert, right? But if you do not have the final spoonfuls of every, of each of those meals, by the end of the year, you've most probably saved yourself, I don't know, 250,000 calories. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference, yeah. <laughs> right? But in reality, every day, it's, you're saving just a spoonful. And that's what we're talking about. So when you talk about little things in your life, you can start off with something really basic of just leaving the last tablespoon of food in everything yeah. that you do. And that will make a difference at the end of the year. See, for any kids listening, they're going to say to that, that Colin said to me that I don't have to finish everything in my plate. <laughs> <laughs> But start with your vegetables. You can start with your vegetables. vegetables. <laughs> start with your greens first. You know definitely, that's what I'm going to say. You know. Definitely start that. with your greens first. No, 100%. 100%. Now, I know you're a massive fan of learning and growing, and you're constantly learning new things. You know, we saw that We saw that over Instagram, over the pandemic, and you're learning new dishes and everything. What have been your most impactful learning moments over the last few years? Um, I'd say most probably learning more and more about myself. So, you know, you learn about how you deal with difficult situations and awkward situations. You deal with that all of a sudden you're not an expert at, at, at everything and you've got to eat some humble pie and go and seek advice 
from an oracle somebody knows a little bit more than mm. you has got a little bit more life experience people that can generally guide you so when you've been really successful i think one of the difficult things is to take that swallow that pill and go right actually i really don't know what's going on in the world really do i you know i, I knew yeah. what was going on in my sporting life my sporting world but what's going on elsewhere so it's 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 getting to know yourself and once you learn to get your know yourself well, I think you get this sense of 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 true fulfillment, um, where you're comfortable with yourself. And that, that once you get yourself to be comfortable with yourself, then literally the world's your oyster. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that it, what's really important there is that you know learning. In, you know, a lot of us tend to think that you know we we we've we've done sort of GCSEs we've done our A levels or we've done our diploma we've done our degree we've done our masters that's it yeah. and actually i think true learning starts from the moment you stop going to an academic establishment and start life that's when true learning starts because that's when you you know you either find a partner you become a parent you start your job etc cetera, etc cetera. there's constant yeah. learning and i think that's what keeps us keeps us young yeah, and you've got to keep adjusting whilst you're learning. As yeah, well. that's There's why no you and I look so good. Today. You know, I didn't uh, want to say it, but hey, but hey since, you know. since you brought it up. Um, <laughs> and I've got my glasses on and you still look great. So, you know, you must be looking at a million dollars. But no, you're absolutely right in, in, in that sense. It's that, you know, I always say to people, when I retired as an athlete, right, I retired as an athlete at the age of 36. So I'm an old man, right? But in reality, in reality, I'm 36. Now, when I retired, the first thing I was thinking is like, oh, dear, I'm potentially going to be alive on this planet another 36 years. And if you think about it, the first 36 years, I, I've only done one thing. Well, two things, really. School yeah. and track and field. That's it. And now what am I going to do for the next 36 years? Because I don't have school and I don't have track and field. So what am I going to dive myself into? But I then learned, you know, taking all the things I learned from my track and field off field, you know, um, so to ask questions, always be um, receptive, you know, to, to information. Do not take criticism personally, because as an athlete, every single day you're criticized every single day. But that criticism is to improve your performance. Yeah. And you understand that. And I think I brought that into my, my life today as well, is that, you know, if people say things to me, I don't necessarily feel like they're having a go at me. They want to get the best from me. Um, and you, you learn that from people that are close around you. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, you know, what's important in that is the fact that you're always open to know, knowing that, you know, like you said, you've done two things. Uh, but that there are surrounding yourself with so many people which you have done to learn from to to educate yourself from. I, I've seen I've seen in action like you know I remember that day when we were walking through through Shoreditch for, for oh, yeah. the second event, and you you we went into I can't remember what restaurant we went into, and you were asking the lady how how this dish is made, and it looks so simple. But how is it made? I want to know and that. that, that that in, that inquisitiveness, I think a lot of people have lost or are scared to ask. And this is what I'm talking about. Don't grow up. When you're a child, you ask questions all the time. Yes, you do. You're always asking questions. You want to get a wealth of knowledge, yeah. right? And it's like when you ask a question, you're not saying to somebody, I know nothing. No, 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 no. You're, you're learning something. So every day, and I know, you know, we hear it all the time. Oh, every day is school day. Yeah. Please make every day a school it's day. School day. Yeah. please make it that sense you know you'll have a good time potentially and also you're learning things and I feel you know people 
only think of, well, I'm going to just go rewind a little bit of that. And I'm going to say, you've got to really marvel about what you can learn. What you can do physically and mentally is unreal, but you need to test it. Yeah. You absolutely need to, to work with it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the late and great Bob Proctor says that, you know, thoughts become things. And, but if you don't think, you'll get nothing. You will get nothing. So you've got to think in order to, to take you on that journey, to start that journey. Absolutely. You've got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's always key. And don't be fearful of it. You know, I mean, if I could always say to people, <laughs> you know, people always say to me, oh, you know, if you give yourself um, the 15 year old college accident, a bit of advice, what would you do? And I go, well, yeah, just have a good time. So it would be. And, you know, don't be afraid because everybody has those sense of fear. But when you get past those levels of fear, I don't really fear things at the moment now. So yeah. um, I tell my young 50 year old self not to worry you know don't worry yourself just enjoy what's what's happening and what could potentially be in front of you and i think all of us were worriers as teenagers in some shape or form we all do and i think you know what colin that that that, what what interests me about that especially the worry and the piece about you know what you tell your younger self um is that the biggest fear that that's put into us by society as a whole be it our parents, be it our relatives, be it our friends, be it our managers or colleagues, whoever they may be, our friends, is that, you know, mistakes and failures are ridiculed, mm. right? I, I did a reels recently where I said that, you know, if a friend said to you that I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this business, um, you're not going to say to them, yeah, seriously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to do that. You can't do that. Not in a million years. I'm going to put bets on you knowing that you can't do that. You're actually going to encourage them. But if you thought about doing it, the first thing that's going to kick in, I don't think I can do it. I haven't got enough yeah. money. People aren't going to take me seriously. I'm going to yeah. fail. I'm going to make a mistake. Yeah. Now, we all make mistakes and experiences and have those experiences of failure in our life. It's natural. You know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. You know because at some point in our life, we have to make a mistake to know what we were doing wrong so we can do it right. But I don't yeah. think society teaches us that. Now, for me, my biggest learning was taking a step back i had i had um uh the 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 uh the humble honor of, of working with bob proctor who mm-hmm. passed away earlier this year and he said mm-hmm. to me that if you do not learn from your mistakes if you do not learn from your failures you will never grow and he quoted thomas edison that you know someone said to him when he was the ten thousand one time he was going to reinvent the light bulbs and said you've you failed every time he goes no i found ten thousand ways not to do it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And so from these moments, I think that's been key for my personal growth more recently is learning and growing from that. For you, what have been the key learnings in your career in and out of the arena that have come from mistakes or failures in your life? Because as an, as an athlete, every athlete, every sports personality has had experienced that. In their yeah, life. you have to. I mean, your statistics will tell you. I think I won only 55% of my races. And 55% is not that great, right? It's what, a C plus? Right? <laughs> in reality, it's, it's not that great. But when you look at it, you can change the statistic and go, well, how many gold medals, how many championships are you in? Well, I, you know, won all the big ones when it needed me. So yeah. it's, it, it, you, it's the way you perceive those failures. So I always think about, and I, this is just me. And I don't know where I get it from, but it's just me. So if I watch somebody, like you, you mentioned Dancing on Ice, I see people do some amazing twists and turns and I don't look at them 
um, and I'm, well, I do look at them and marvel and go, wow, how impressive is that? But then I don't go, oh, I can't do that. The first thing I say is, oh, let's have a go then. Yeah. And it's that let's have a go then kind of attitude, I think is, I've really been lucky with. And it, it also, and my coach used to say this to me, it, it, it makes me a, a, a real blessing to coach because I don't put up any barriers. So I'm happy to fail. Because I'm gonna have a go. I'm gonna have a go. I'm gonna have a go. And You're not gonna know. No, you gotta. You got to have a go at things. Yeah. And you know, I look at people and I go, "Well, I look like you. My arms work. My legs work. Well, and you're doing it. So why can't I do it? The only thing is, you've put most probably more time in than I have. Yeah. But but I'll catch you up. So that's why my my mindset is always that particular way. So Love when it. I think of the word failure, I always think was, you know, me first attempt at learning, let's crack on. Let's do another attempt and another attempt until you reach that level of excellence that outstand people. When they see you, you are the epitome of excellence. I, I don't think perfection exists because if nobody in the world is perfect, if I haven't reached perfection, then it can't happen. So, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. so I, but I do believe that, excellence is there and i would say to people 98 percent is pretty damn good you hit 98 percent every single time every day of your life no one's going to complain yeah and i think I'm, i want to take that back to what you said about earlier about joy fun having a go and i think if you don't do that then you're going to look back in life with regret but at least you can say you did it yeah no i, I really think i'm fortunate that i can really look back and reflect and 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 really go wow that that was that was you that was that young man there you know it's just yeah it's it's beautiful that's the only way I could describe it it's yeah. it's absolutely beautiful I wouldn't change a single aspect of, of you know of the journey and even if you know, things I did wrong I felt I learned from every single one of them and that in itself is a huge huge luxury where you generally believe that you know what yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that failing again because it made me. Yeah, love it. Love it. So so what's next for the next, what? You said 36 and 36, so there's another 36 <laughs> years ahead of you, right? So um, what's next for Colin? Do you know what? I think one of the things people have been really hounding me to do is write another book. Um, yeah. So I've been hounded to try and write another book. But right now, I really haven't got that much time. I've got the time at the moment to, to sit there and, and, and think about what the context would be and also the content of it. So, um, yeah, but I'll, that will come. Um, I'm also still working a lot of my charities, as you mentioned there, and, you know, bringing up um, new innovative ways to, to get people to get healthy, get active and remain healthy and active. I think that's really important for me because you mentioned before about leaving a legacy, you know, and when I pass away, I want people to be saying that, you know, this event was started all those years ago yeah. by Colin Jackson. And that would be the way I'd like my legacy to be. So I'm still striving to, to do things that will put smiles on people's faces and, and hopefully make their life a little bit better. Well, I've still got my GoDad red, red uh, GoDad run pants, the blue ones, not the yellow ones. So I've still got them. So there's a legacy there. <laughs> but um, we, we, we're coming to the end, and, I, and I've got quick five questions that I like, I've, I've posed that I like, like to ask everyone. So um, if you can answer it in one word or less, or a little bit more, add okay. as much color if you can. So okay. if you were not an Olympian, what would you have been? An electrician. 
There you go. <laughs> that could be next. They're making good money. So, They're yeah. making good money. I need an electrician. <laughs> I'll be around in 10 minutes. <laughs> um, the most inspirational piece of advice that you've ever received and from whom? Uh, most probably from Daley Thompson uh, and saying to me, talk about commitment, you know, what real genuine commitment is. And he, he really pointed out to me that what we were doing in athletics was fun. We do it by choice. So never think that you're you're committed to something. You're having a great time doing it. Commitment is a miner going down a mine for 12 hours a day to put food on his table. That's commitment. So I learned from wow. A powerful statement. So, yeah. That is powerful. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Right. Um, the worst piece of advice. <laughs> Can you run any faster? Run faster. <laughs> <laughs> From my coach. Yeah, he's like, run faster. What's wrong with you? Just run faster. <laughs> so I was thinking, that's a stupid piece of advice. <laughs> Isn't that what led to the marginal gains piece, though? The point, point yeah. zero five. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, true you did say that your favorite dish you learned over the pandemic oh that i learned oh goodness gracious do you know what it was to make my thai spices so to make my thai curry i remember that uh, i think that is really you made them fresh because, yes. you made them all that you did yes. none, none of it was packaged no no, fresh no. Ingredients. yeah and to, to, to do all that is great and then to get those the results of the flavors that you want is just like oh how can I do this again? Because I don't think I will. <laughs> you know you're going to get asked on Instagram, like, That's like fine. you know, uh, how fine. do you do it? <laughs> That's fine. I'll have to do it again, cooking for it. That's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> and finally, what's your biggest vice? My biggest... Oh, I got... Oh, I got oh, two. Know. Can I call two, right? Yeah. My two my two biggest vices are coffee. I drink way too much coffee to the extent that my doctor said to me, you need to cut down. And the other thing is sugar. Oh, Lord. I yes, I know. Sweet, 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 hard sweet, sweet. There you go. <laughs> so those, if I could get those two things out of my life, um, I, I think I'd be a lot healthier. But hey, you've got to have advice. I've got a story about that. So I remember I was going to, where was it? I think just after GoDad Run, I said I was going to Seattle. And you came up to me and rather than saying safe trip, can you get me some hard guns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, my mate from Canada, right, Mark McCoy, he yeah. brings over these sour tubes. He knows he's got to bring at least four kilos of these sour tubes. He's not bringing those tubes. Don't think he's staying in my house. So it's as simple as that. It's a trade-off, you know. Um, luckily, he wears the same size clothes as me, so he, he can leave a lot of luggage, you know, when fill it with sweets, and I'm happy. <laughs> thank you. Colin, uh, as my first guest, thank you so much. It's been a real humble honour, um, and um, you're a dear friend. You're, you're a, you're, you are the one of the most genuine gentlemen that I've met in my, in my lifetime. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to to more sort of uh, moments with you and coffee days in London. We've got to catch up. And folks, mark the month of April. If you're not in Wales, you've got to be in Wales because you will see Colin uh, on his new mission on raising awareness for health, wealth, and well-being. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a festival. UK has not seen anything like this. Nope. So um, there'll be tons and tons of guests and personalities. I know I will be there. So I'm looking forward to it. Colin, thank you once My again. My pleasure. Really and, is. Um, yeah. We'll see you soon. Take care. 
thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, then you can message me and follow me on Instagram at vcasaurora1. So until we meet again, and as always, I hope you truly have an abundant day and I will see you soon on Conscious Conversations.